0: and rest. Whether you're a busy professional, a stay-at-home parent, or anyone who wants to live a more focused and balanced life, this show is for you. Join us as we discover how to live exceptionally, finding freedom and rest along the way. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson.
1: Good evening. I am so excited for my first uh, formal episode of Live Exceptionally. And this evening, we are talking with uh, Carol Andrade, who is a mental health advocate and pastor of Holy Spirit and Fire Ministries in the Chicagoland area. And this evening, we'll be talking about overcoming fear and anxiety. Uh, There's so much things going on uh, in the world today with um, so much Uh, pressure, disasters, and people are just overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. Uh, So we're going to just talk through some highlights in regards to how is the best way? What are some key things that we can do uh, to approach these emotions and live a victorious life and freedom um, from these type of uh, debilitating emotions? And so we welcome Pastor Carol with us this evening. How are you? (laughs) Thank you. Such
2: an honor to be here with you. I'm so excited to talk about these topics, this much needed in the body of Christ and for everyone, actually. So thank you for
1: having me. Thank you for being here. And, you know, when I first met you, I had went to a workshop uh, at your church that your husband, Apostle Marlon, had invited me to, and it was an inner healing workshop. And I thought I was only gonna stay for a couple hours and I ended up staying the whole time and having to leave early. I was, uh, I think it was like about half a day workshop. And I was just blown away in regards to your depth of insight and substance around just the topics of these emotions around stress, anxiety, uh, frustration. And you just from A to Z, you walked through everything in depth where you dealt with each emotion. Um, You talked about how it impacts some of the sources of why people suffer from those things. And then also you talked about the solutions and I had to leave early. So I wasn't able to stay for the actual uh, prayer time and individual ministry, but it impacted me in such a way that there are people with real meat and substance who are tackling this, these issues. And as you know, I have a focus around just the principle of rest and uh, mental wellness. And so it was something that just really, really uh, blessed me. And I said that I, I really want to continue the conversation as much as I can uh, when opportunities and events uh, come up. So can you just share with us a little bit about your background in your and in your ministry just to get us started? Well, thank you for that kind introduction. I
2: am, I have a business management degree and also a master's degree in business management Uh, but the Lord uh, called me and since I was like since 13 years ago he called me to ministry full-time ministry so I left that and I started in the on the ministry and with my husband I founded Holy Spirit and Fire Ministries so for Almost 13 years we have been ministry. We have been having this ministry in the Chicagoland and blessing many people. But since the pandemic started, the Lord like gave me another assignment, and uh, I saw much need in the church and outside the church to speak about mental health. And uh, it has been a journey for my life. It has been an experience for me, first of all, because I have experience, and, I, and I, I, when I speak about this, I like to say to people that I have had these issues. I like to be honest, because I know there are many people there that are struggling with anxiety, depression, psychosis, and they don't want to tell it. They want to be silent. And there are many pastors, too, and leaders that say, how am I going to to face this? How am I going to accept this? How am I going to struggle with this? But I can tell you that it's possible. So uh, the church is missing this perspective of mental health. And that that is one of the reasons, I think, that Lord has given me this assignment. I have a passion for this because I have lived it. It has been an experience in my life, but also I want to help other people. So um, I am a pastor, but I am also a mental health advocate. I have a passion for this. I love the topic of the mind. I love uh, to, to study, to learn uh, about these things because they are important. So
1: that's basically my background. Uh, that's awesome so in terms of your journey from being a pastor to being a mental health advocate are what there were any type of um, triggers or things that impacted you in such a way that started your journey specifically on mental health yes uh since
2: i was very young like 12 in my youth i experienced anxiety and depression and i have been always in church you know since i was five years old but uh the lord taught taught me since a very young age to fight against anxiety and depression and learn to cope in a healthy way in christ and uh when the pandemic started you know it it was crazy i had to reinvent the way that i was going to pastor the church because of the restrictions of the time. And I have to be honest and say I I fall into a burnout because I neglected myself. And I put the ministry first. I was so exhausted because I, I had to study uh, technology, how to make videos. And I forgot about myself because everything in the church changed so I had to pastor now a virtual church. Yeah. So I, I experienced in that year anxiety and depression. So I said, Lord, how can I overcome this? I, have, I, I, I am a, uh, uh, a mother. I am a wife. I have many hats. I am a pastor. But how can I heal from this? How can I overcome this? And I remember that the Lord led me to study a lot. Mm -hmm. So I read, I cannot tell you how many pages of books about the mind, about anxiety, about depression. And I think that what the Lord was doing was healing me. But at the same time, He was equipping me for this new assignment. So I battled for anxiety. I know what what is anxiety. I know what is depression. I have experienced anxiety and depression like for nine months and it's hard and it is not easy. And it doesn't go over just with, okay, I'm gonna pray for you or okay, uh, no, you just get over it. We cannot say those things to people. It's right. not that simple. It's like a, a sickness, but people are more, more used to tackle physical sicknesses than, than issues of the mind. We, we have to normalize that. It's the same thing if you're suffering something from your body that if you're suffering something from your mind. It's the same thing. But the stigma that there is around these issues blocks healing and blocks people to speak about it that's why i speak and i am open about my experiences because i hope to encourage other people out there that are suffering as i did and open because you cannot heal by your own and i think that was something i learned because you know oh i am a pastor I preach, I help other people, but I am not a super woman. Right. You need other people. And, uh, and God took me out of, okay, I can do this just with God.
1: Yeah. No, I think that that's awesome because a lot of times people think that just because you are a leader or a pastor or have some type of position in ministry, especially when you're responsible for a lot of people that you don't really go through those type of emotions, that you're super strong, you're super spiritual, that you have everything that you need uh, to accomplish and do the things that God has called you to do. So I think it's encouraging and I think it's healthy for leaders to be transparent and honest as it relates to the things that they walk through and are experiencing that are not always in the third heaven and always on the top of the mountain, you know? Uh, so I think that that's awesome, the transparency uh, in that regard. So what do you think in regards to the world that we're living in? There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, and a lot of fear that people are experiencing. What do you think is is missing? Well, I would like to answer that question first, uh,
2: making a difference of those three things. Because stress is like when you experience or perceive challenges that exceed your coping resources. That is stress. Anxiety is when you have that feeling of apprehension about a possible future danger. And then comes fear. Fear is when you have a response about an immediate danger so they are related but they collaborate contribute with each other and they activate the fight or flight response god made us in such a perfect way we have in our in our uh, nervous system two areas that are important there is the sympathetic nervous system. This sympathetic nervous system works with fight or flight. And God gave us this area in our nervous system to be aware of danger and to fight and to run. And to is like if you see a tiger, you enter in this state or fi- and fight or flight. You're going to run. Your blood, our brains have... You, do you know that our brain is only two percent of our body, but it has twenty percent of our blood? So when we when this uh, sympathetic nervous system is activated, our twenty percent of that blood of that blood blood comes and active and goes through the muscles, so we are able to run fast against the danger. That's the sympathetic. Nervous system, and that makes us uh, to be puts us in a position to be in, in a state of alert. That's why it is for a long periods of time very unhealthy, because we are not designed by God to live with a sympathetic nervous system activated constantly. So there is another area of the nervous system which is the parasympathetic. And the, the parasympathetic nervous system is, works with this, rest and digest, rest and digest. So both are needed, but the parasympathetic nervous system is activated when we rest. That's why I love your book and I love your perspective that, that you're bringing to the kingdom of God about rest because God wants us to learn to rest and rest is not a position it is a mindset it is an attitude it is an ability it is a discipline that activates that parasympathetic nervous system that makes us to rest and digest so how do we activate this we activate this by meditating the word of God, by praying, going out for a walk, etc. So, what are people missing? People are missing these things. We need to activate, to learn to activate this parasympathetic nervous system. What are people lacking? The people are lacking balance in their life. We're always running, stressing out about things of one little thing. We, we catastrophize it and, and we make it huge. And when we do those things, we're activating that sympathetic nervous system that makes us to be in a state of, of fly, fight or flight. It's like, we see a tiger and we run. What like yeah. challenges like, no, Oh, oh, sorry. Finish your thought. No, no, no. So that's what happens. I think those are some
1: of the things that people are lacking. No, I think that that is so important for us to understand that there are health and physical dynamics to our mental health and emotional well-being. And I like how you uh, break that down in regards to our physical body. Um, That's certainly something that I speak about in the book about how when we're consumed with anxiety and stress and fear, that these things contribute to health challenges and health problems. Um, So those are great perspectives and truths around what is missing, what people are missing uh, related to these things. Um, So talk a bit more about that tie in from the physical to what people should do uh, how to, to, to cope. Like how are these things that they're doing ineffective? What are, um, speak more about that and elaborate a bit about how these things are ineffective. Yes, well, the, as you said right now,
2: when we are under anxiety, under stress, and over like a constant fear, we activate that sympathetic nervous system. And because our body functions in a whole one unit, we are not, our body is not separated from, from our soul or our spirit. They're one. So what affects our minds and our souls, it will affect, uh, it will affect our body. What affects your mind affects your body positively or negatively. So when we are under, under anxiety, under stress constantly, the amygdala that is one area of our brain that is related to control our emotional responses and is related directly to fear is activated. And it's like, uh, like an alarm that says, danger, 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 danger. And so when that area is activated, we are stressed, we are anxious. So what happens? The stress hormones start the like cortisol and the adrenaline get us stress, more stress, because our bodies are preparing to fight or to fight or to flight. So that's important. And, that, and the thing with this is also that how can, what are people doing? to cope with this, but in a negative way. The avoidance, I can say, is one thing. Yes, very People good. avoid their problems. Uh, oh, I am feeling the anxiety, but I am going to avoid it. I am feeling afraid, but I am going to avoid it. I have uh, problems in my house with my spouse, but I am going to avoid it. I am going to place it somewhere over there, but I will not face it. So I think that's mis- one mistake that people do to cope in an unhealthy way. We have mm-hmm. to face things. We have to face things. We have to embrace things. Also, uh, distraction that is, I think, associated with this avoidance. of Myself from this problem, I'm going to the movie theater I'm not going to address this thing. I'm just going to distract. Mm. It's not going to work in the long term. Your mind is going to bring that up again when you're sleeping. And it will, pre- it will produce you the trouble at sleeping or whatever. Because our minds are designed to work in order. Not to place things under the surface. Another thing is people do is uh, impulsive spending. Hmm. And that's that has a root with anxiety. Another thing is uh, overeating or undereating. When people are very stressed or anxious, they want sugar. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> or they want um uh, food with uh, high uh calorie content. Um uh, French fries, I don't know, unhealthy things. Yeah, or other people they just under and that's unhealthy too. Another thing is isolation. Mm. When people are under anxiety and depression or stress or any other mental health disorder, they isolate, and that's not healthy. You need other other people.
1: Those are good uh, items that you're sharing, but that one on isolation, I think that is so uh, important, especially in this virtual environment that we're living in uh, with so many people who don't have to go to the office. They're working remotely, even for uh, church nowadays. As a result of the pandemic, that is a huge shift that has taken place where people don't necessarily have to go to the sanctuary and so there's been a substitution of just staying at home and even though it is an effective tool being virtual from a ministry perspective it also contributes to challenges from an emotional perspective and also spiritual it also to me is a key playground where the enemy can come in to distract to cause avoidance Um, because you're not in a corporate environment. And as the word says, one chases a thousand, two puts 10,000 to flight. And so even though there is good and value and benefit from joining uh, services or corporate worship virtually, the power of connectivity of fellowship is not there when you're actually in the house. So uh, go ahead and elaborate a bit more about isolation and the spiritual ramifications of that.
2: Yes. Uh, you explain that right now perfectly. I think technology is good. It's great. But technology is not designed to substitute face-to-face interactions or relationships. God made us in a unique way In our minds, in order for a person to be in a good state of mind, having a healthy mind, that requires us to be social and to have quality of relationships. Yes. Uh, Studies have approved that we need at least one confidence, at least one person that you are able to share your struggles open up open your heart and share about yourself if you're suffering etc how, how are you feeling so technology people have used technology to substitute the interaction with other people you mentioned people who prefer to stay at home and don't they don't go to church for example They are depriving themselves for a benefit in their minds and in their soul. Because we need people. We need. God didn't create us to be an island. We need other people. When When we connect with other people, our mind receives several benefits. We feel better. We connect with others. We are healthy, we're strong mentally. That builds our inner resilience, even because we feel stronger. We feel that we are not alone in this world. But I think that technology and meaning and even other people, they are as isolated without technology. Loneliness kills people. Mm. And that is proven. Loneliness affects the mind in the body in a negative way that's why people can even die from isolation because they are in depression they are lonely and we have to remember and i want to stress that again what affects your mind affects your body Mm -hmm. we cannot separate the two of them what affects your body affects your mind. God made us that way. So it is imperative that we understand that we need other people. That's what I said, at the, I said at, the, at the beginning. If you're struggling with anxiety, with depression, or with any other mental disorder, you need other people. You need to connect with the right people, with the people that are
1: going to help you, that are going to lift you up. That's great. It, it's so important. I think that in the day that we're living in, people are finding, they look for temporary solutions as you talk about the avoidance, the distraction, overeating, undereating, isolation, and all these things. It's like self medicating. Uh, they're self medicating to fix an issue that goes deeper. And so then they're addressing symptoms and they are not getting to the root of the issues that they're dealing with. Uh, So what do you suggest as the solution, particularly for believers? Because, you know, people can be spirit-filled, you know, faithful to ministry, faithful to church, leaders in church, Mm -hmm. but still these things are, they're, they're things that they're suffering with and often in silence because they're not sharing, there's an expectation. Uh, in church that you have to be a certain way or a certain level. And that's one reason why I appreciate like your testimony and the things that you teach and talk about, because there's an element of vulnerability, being vulnerable to share that you are dealing with these things just because you have them. It doesn't mean that you're less spiritual or that you're not where you need to be. It's just, we're still human and we still need to address these things. So what are some solutions that you offer to the believers to overcome anxiety and fear? Well,
2: it is very important because um we live in a society that thinks that asking for help is a sign of weakness hmm. or that if you're being vulnerable, you're weak. Yes. So you have to show you that you're strong and you're tough and you can do it all. Yeah. You know, that's not real. We're humans. And uh, I have experienced that in leadership. You know, people are always looking at you and you you have that pressure, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have the pressure of, of. being, of behaving a certain way because you are an example for other people but jesus was vulnerable yes and that's what we leaders we forget about that very easily jesus was vulnerable he when he went to the cross and then he went to his disciples he showed them his scars worth his suffering and I think that that's a new leadership, and that's a new way and generation of leaders mm-hmm. that arise in this season. Because we're not going to connect with people or impact them in a great way if we are not being real with them. If we're having that appearance of, oh, I am always okay, I don't have sufferings, I. No, we have to be real with people. So, I think to answer your question about especially the believers, you have to be honest with yourself. Mm. We have to be truthful to yourself. You have to ask for help. Asking for help is not a weakness. It's a sign it's a sign of humility and strength. Prideful people don't ask for help. Humble people recognize that they need help.
0: That's all the time we have for this week. Make sure you're coming alongside next time around and we'll have part two of this conversation with Carol Andrade. And thanks for joining us for Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Each week we'll explore the secrets to living a life that is both intentional and fulfilling. We'll talk to folks that will share about productivity, mindfulness, and self-care to learn practical tips and strategies for staying focused, managing our time, and finding balance within a kingdom mindset. We'll also hear from people who have made the choice to live exceptionally and learn from their experiences and insights. Connect with Dr. Yvonne by signing up at elici.org. That's E-L-I-C-I.org. Until next time, we're praying that you find balance and rest so you can live exceptionally.